is Public Hearing, an Auburn City News podcast brought to you by the Auburn Plainsman. I'm Elizabeth Hurley, Community Editor for the Plainsman. I'm Evan Meelans, Assistant Community Editor for the Plainsman. Well, we're almost there. We are <laughs> very close to the end of the semester, and we've got Thanksgiving break. You got any big plans? Uh, Working. <laughs> yeah. You know, holiday shopping. Yeah, got to make the big bucks. Christmas shopping. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, this week there was another city council meeting, and it was actually really short. Uh, yes. Um, I think it was probably one of the shortest meetings I've ever been to, uh, clocking in at about 18 minutes. Yeah, well, in those 18 minutes, there were only a few items on the agenda, and council made a few changes to their upcoming agenda. At the last city council meeting, the Committee of the Whole, the council voted to ask city staff to put together a report on impact fees, and they also talked about getting a feasibility study done for getting a police precinct on South College Street. Yeah, so during the Committee of the Whole, uh, staff let council know that um, both of those reports would probably be ready at the next uh, meeting, which is on December 3rd. However, Mayor Ron Anders asked the council if they would consider moving those discussions um, and the reports Mm -hmm. to a separate work session meeting so that on the December 3rd Committee of the Whole meeting, they could discuss student housing. So the reason they're discussing student housing is because the Student Housing Task Force wrapped up their work last week. So the Student Housing Task Force, what it was meant to be is more of just kind of an advisory group. They didn't actually enact any legislation or policy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they did was they looked at the condition of the student housing market, and they're going to they're going to advise the Planning Commission now. So the council did decide to put Mayor Anders' plan into action, and they'll discuss student housing at the next Committee of the Whole. They'll also hear from Auburn's municipal judge, Jim McLaughlin. He will give his yearly report to the council, which is required by state law. City staff said the meeting will likely to be set to begin at about 6 to 6.15 p.m. The official time will be set when the council's agenda is published the Friday before the meeting. The council then began the actual city council meeting with the usual pledge and moment of silence. Then during mayor's communications, Mayor Anders noted that Officer Justin Sanders returned to work this week. Uh, Some of you may remember uh, Officer Sanders was injured in the line of duty back in February after he was shot during a traffic stop. He had pulled over a vehicle that matched the description from a robbery earlier. And uh, this incident is what led to, after a couple hours of searching um, is what eventually led to the fire at Crossland Downs, um, that apartment complex located on uh, over by the vet school um, where the suspects involved were uh, perished in the fire. Yeah, Um, I remember that. That was a that was a very sad day, Um, but it's very good to see him back in the line of duty. Uh, It's always good to see someone recover from an injury. Mm -hmm. Um, Before we move on into the agenda, it's good to note that Ward 1 Council Member Connie Fitch-Taylor and City Manager Jim Buston were not present at the meeting. Normally, Mr. Buston guides the council during the meeting by introducing items on the agenda. Assistant City Manager Megan Crouch took on that task Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And after announcements from the mayor and the Assistant City Manager, as well as citizens' communication on agenda items... um, of which there were none. Yeah. <laughs> it was another fairly silent public comment week. Uh, we move right on into the consent agenda. Um, no items removed from the consent agenda, and they just moved right into ordinances. Yeah, so the consent agenda actually just had a few of the normal items like alcohol beverage licenses. Um, this one was actually for Big Mike Steakhouse, a new business that looks like it will be located at the old Stinky's Fish Camp location, which closed down earlier this year. 
The consent agenda also had some contract and agreement approvals for several big upcoming projects. Yeah, one of those big upcoming projects is a uh, renovation at the Jan Dempsey Art Center. Tuesday night, the council approved funds and a contract with Davis Architects for schematic design, design development, construction documents, bidding and negotiations, and contract administration. All in all, this specific contract and this whole process will cost the city a little over $272,500. From there, the architects have about $2.8 million for the project itself and then another $2.2 million for construction costs. In the contract approved Tuesday night, architects laid out a few things they would like to tackle in their designs, including addressing ADA compliance issues, renovating interior spaces, adding parking spaces, and a detention pond. It is also said that a ceramic studio, additional storage, and a dance studio are in the realm of possible additions depending on how they fit into the budget. The council also approved an agreement with the Foresight Group for design services for a redesign of the Martin Luther King Drive streetscape. Uh, These services total um, a little over $126,000 and include schematic design, design development, construction documents, and permitting, bidding, and construction administration assistance. This design will be based on the MLK Conceptual Master Plan, which was approved in May 2018. The council also approved what amounts to a six-year extension of the Super 7 contract, which is an agreement with the Alabama High School Athletic Association, the Auburn Opelika Tourism Bureau, and the City of Opelika. Uh, This is going to bring the Super 7 football championships to Jordan-Hare in 2022, 2026, 2028, and 2032. The Steve Auburn will provide $75,000 when the championships are held in the city. The Super 7, at the time Super 6, championship first came to Auburn in 2010, partly thanks to Mayor Anders, though he wasn't even a council member at the time. Yeah, he was a private citizen at that time, correct? Yeah, yeah. He was just a dad in the community. (laughs) (laughs) He was part of a group of people that brought the original contract in 2009 to Auburn and Tuscaloosa to host the championship at Auburn University and the University of Alabama. The games alternate each year between the two universities right now. Typically, whoever's not hosting the Iron Bowl will host the championship. However, this year, Auburn and Alabama uh, flipped because of renovations going on at the stadium in Tuscaloosa. So Auburn is going to host the Iron Bowl and the Super 7 this year. Hey, it's a big year for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, before coming to Auburn and Tuscaloosa, the Super 6 was held in Birmingham at Legion Field. Uh, this new deal creates a three-way partnership among the cities of Auburn, Tuscaloosa, and Birmingham. Yeah. All of this was approved on the consent agenda, as well as several other contracts, agreements, and easements. Uh, Council also approved two appointments to the Parks and Recreation Advisory Board. Councilmember Kelly Griswold said that there were 11 applicants for the two open positions, and the council ultimately decided to appoint the incumbents because of the upcoming Parks and Recreation work, which is part of the $40 million Parks and Rec Master Plan. Up next were two ordinances. One was for the addition of stop signs and a speed limit sign, and the other was to rezone part of Woodward Oaks, which is located on Miracle Road, or Lee Road 83, between Farmville Road and North Donahue Drive. One interesting note about these that Mayor Anders made was that he and Mayor Pro Tem Beth Witten attended a Roberts Rules of Order workshop recently where they learned that the council has been missing a few steps when it comes to voting on ordinances. Yes, and for our listeners that don't know, Roberts Rules of Order are kind of a set of procedures, we'll call them, for how to run... uh, how to best run a public meeting. And there are a lot of rules (laughs) that are very, very specific. Um, (laughs) You're pretty familiar with those now? Yes. uh, 
I've used them in several meetings and uh, we talk about them in class a lot of the time when we talk about uh, public meetings. Uh. So <laughs> there are a lot of them. I believe you. So totally, uh, totally makes sense that we might be missing a mm -hmm. few. But so he made sure the council followed correct procedure on Tuesday night uh, when voting on these two ordinances, which meant first taking a roll call vote on if the council wanted to take a vote on that ordinance that evening and then taking another roll call vote after a motion and a second on what the vote would be on the actual decision. So in this case, they first took a vote on if they wanted to move forward with the ordinance, which was to approve two stop signs and a speed limit sign. Then they asked for a motion on if they wanted to approve or deny which they got an approval okay. motion in a second. So then they took a vote on if they wanted to approve it or not. And then in both times that these were roll call votes. So they call a council member's name and then they give a yay or a nay. Okay. So it sounds like city council meetings are going to get a little bit longer. They might. They might. <laughs> they might. Um, <laughs> the traffic signs were part of the Tuscany Hills project and the rezoning was to make part of Woodward Oaks a planned development district zone to allow for 8,000 square feet of office space and 12,000 square feet of public service use for a fire station. The item came up again under resolutions for conditional use approval specifically for the fire station since public services are allowed conditionally in a PPD zone. There were public hearings for both agenda items and there were no members of the community that spoke. Both the ordinance and resolution for Woodward Oaks were approved. Yes, and then the last item on the agenda was a conditional use approval for Holy Trinity Parish, which is located off of Gay Street. Uh, the church is looking to expand to create educational facilities. Um, it's worth noting that these will not be um, daycare facilities because daycares are uh, not permitted in this zone. Yeah, so as you can see, there are lots of different regulations and rules for where you can uh, develop certain things in different districts. Where you can build what. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's about it for today. Uh, we hope all of our listeners learned a little bit more about local government from probably one of the shortest city council meetings. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though that was short, there sure was a, a lot of things that were covered. Uh, the mm -hmm. same thing happened at the Student Housing Task Force meeting. Their last one lasted about 15 minutes. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't cover a lot of things in those 15 minutes as we see today. Oh, Definitely. I'm looking forward to next week's episode where we will have downtown merchant coordinator Jessica Kahn to talk about holiday events, including Small Business Saturday and what they call Blue Friday, not Black Friday. We'd like to thank Weagle and Grayson Moyer for allowing us to borrow their studio. You can find our podcast and other Plainsman podcasts on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Hurley. And I'm Evan Mielens. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to the Auburn Plainsman's network of podcasts. Join us next week for the next episode of Public Hearing.